0: Welcome to the Serving Leaders podcast, where we talk about health and ministry leadership. On this episode, John Sovacool continues his conversation with Lindsey Kimball about her mission background and work with Search.
1: Okay, we're back again with Lindsey. And in part one, we heard about your mission's background, Lindsey, and some of your work with Surge. And as I was preparing for this interview, it dawned on me that we actually have a few things in common. Hmm. We both got our counseling degree from Missio. That's right. And we both have had wonderful supervision in the form of Penny Freeman, Dr. Penny Freeman, and uh, and she actually helped both of us get our license.
0: Yeah, shout out to Penny.
1: Shout out to Penny. And we both we both actually worked with a man called Jeff McMullen.
0: That's right.
1: And of course, he worked with you here at Surge, and he worked with us at Serving Leaders Ministries. And uh, Jeff has since moved down to Chapel Gate Presbyterian Church in Baltimore. And, uh, you know, Jeff Jeff always had a reputation of kind of being the straw that stirs the drink a little bit. And so I'm just wondering, you know, I, I know COVID has uh, increased a lot of stress, but I'm wondering if just his departure from search, if you've noticed like a drop in, you know, the atmosphere here and the level of stress since he's gone.
0: You know, that's funny. I was just talking about that with some colleagues. Now that some of us are back in the office finally after a year from working from home. We are really missing Jeff. He just was kind of a presence in the office. And uh, you could kind of tell the emotional temperature of the office by Jeff's facial expressions, mm. you know? <laughs> and uh, he, yeah, he, he was such a fun person to work with. So I'm, I'm missing him.
1: Yeah. Jeff, we love you. Most of us miss you. And keep up the great work in Baltimore. Uh, Now, on a more serious note, Lindsay, um, my work with Surge has mostly been on the front end with doing the interviewing and assessing, and I've seen enough to know that Surge puts a lot of time and energy into um, how ready is a candidate to do this missions Mm -hmm. work, to go overseas, and it's a very holistic approach that assesses all sorts of things, right, like the candidate's faith, their personal health, uh, like their physical health, their their, um, you know, their emotional well-being, how well they can function in a team, um, their personality styles, Mm -hmm. all that. um, And their finances, uh, I'm probably missing even more. And I know the application process is not short. (laughs) It is not. (laughs) And Serge, rightfully so, wants to be discerning about who they send to the field and where. And I'm just wondering if you could speak a little bit more, you you touched on this a little bit earlier, but if you could touch, speak a little bit more to how Surge seeks to support its missionaries once they're on the field.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So I think in the last episode, I talked a little bit about what that looks like for the member care team in particular, as we, you know, assign a member care person to each missionary. But we actually see missionary care as much larger than just my team. And so, you know, one thing we do that's really foundational is we we don't send workers alone to the field. We actually have them live and work in the context of mission teams. and those teams really are the front line of care for one another. Mm-hmm. And so we really try to drive that home with our with our teams, with our team leaders that um, one of the ways that the gospel goes forth is through the care they provide for one another. And so mm-hmm. that's really the front line. Of care, um, But then we also ask our workers to think about what are other spheres of care you can pursue. And some of those might be a great sending church. Every worker has to have a sending church. And so we love sending churches that actually pastor their missionaries mm-hmm. and stay in touch with them when they're on the field. Um, we encourage counseling. We always say that counseling is, is a reimbursable expense. <laughs> um, we really encourage yes. our workers to pursue that if they need it. We have a whole gospel renewal team that does gospel mentoring with our workers because we say we all have gospel amnesia and wake up forgetting the good news every day. And so we have mentors who walk with our people. Um, We put a lot of effort into helping our workers resolve conflict well and have good redemptive conflict. And we try to provide some tools for that to happen. Um, So those are some different ways like we seek to care.
1: Which is great, and with, you know, I'm I, I don't know intimately other mission sending agencies, but I've got to assume that the way that Search goes about caring for supporting, uh, for their camp, for their missionaries is it's got to be up there. Um, you guys really seem to try to leave as few stones overturned as possible, and and. With all that said, I would imagine that there's still a lot of missionaries who, with all the support that they have from their sending church and their team and the member member care team that they're still coming back changed in some way they 're not the same when they come back to the United States. Do you see this, and could you speak to some of the factors that might play a role in that yeah,
0: absolutely i mean there's certainly <clears throat> there's certainly cases where we see workers um, get back to the u s and after Some time back in the States, they realize they're really burnout, And a lot of times, we don't even realize that until we're back in the States. And so we try to do, we try to put a big emphasis on sending our workers to debriefing programs, not just for the adults, but for the kids so that they can process their experience um, and and really integrate it into their story. But one one really common thing that a lot of workers say is that when you move overseas, you're like a square peg trying to fit in a round hole. And as you try to adjust and integrate into your overseas culture, you try to kind of smooth out some of the edges of your square peg so you can fit in the hole, right? <laughs> but then when you come back to the U.S., you don't fit anywhere anymore. You know, mm-hmm. you don't fit in the old square hole you used to go in. And so there's that exp- there's that sense of, like, we've come back changed, right? And we don't quite fit anywhere anymore. Um, and And one of the... You know, the flip side of that, the really beautiful part of that is I think a lot of people come back from the mission field with, you know, as global Christians with this, they've suddenly kind of seen the way God's kingdom is moving forward everywhere in the world. And they get to bring that back to their U.S. churches, to their U.S. communities. And we've seen really beautiful things happen with that as workers integrate back into life in the States, what they, what they bring back from that time overseas.
1: What you're saying is reminding me of a a missionary that um, had come off the field and met with me for counseling. And I remember some of the things that he struggled with were uh, just, you know, while he was on the field, it was was a dynamic team, it was a very evangelism oriented, and there was a lot of support, and a lot of people were pulling in the same direction. And when he came back to the States, that community that he had was gone. Mm -hmm. And in the replacement community, lacked the vibrancy, it lacked the sense of urgency, and it really profoundly affected his faith and his walk with God. Is that is that another thing that you sometimes see with missionaries coming back?
0: Absolutely, and that that's like one beautiful thing about team life on the field. So I think we were actually created to live in that kind of community with a group of people on mission together. You know really understanding our own dependence and need for one another and for Jesus and when you're living in a hard place with a hard mission at hand those things are very feel very real right and and coming back to the US it's hard to it's hard to kind of reintegrate and find those people <laughs> to do life with you know and so it can be a lonely experience
1: what are some difficulties barriers you see missionaries encounter when they're in another country working for God's kingdom?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's the obvious ones that probably come to the front of your mind, like cross-cultural stress and language and just everything being a little bit more difficult because you're not, you're a foreigner suddenly, and you're not in a place that you know, you don't have the same community supports, you don't have grandparents, you know, in the same town or you know whatever um so all of those pieces but you know i would say when we when we assess workers like the interviews that you and i've done together we're not looking for people that won't struggle right um we're looking to send people out knowing that it's okay for them to struggle and how to kind of raise their hand if they need help and because one one thing about the missionary vocation and also about like a pastoral or ministry leader vocation is we tend to be put up on a pedestal and so when a worker finds himself struggling my main concern is that they're gonna not feel shame because of that and they're not going to isolate because of that but they're actually going to reach out and say I need some help you know I need some help remembering that the gospel is true <laughs> or I need some help ha- I need some counseling you know um, I, I need some connection, those types of things. And so we try to get out in front of that at Surge and say, we expect you to struggle. We expect you to have team conflict, you know? And these, these are the ways that we want to come alongside you when that happens. And, and could it be that some of these struggles can, can be pathways to deeper dependence on Jesus?
1: And then leaning into the team mm-hmm. when there's struggles versus leaning out and isolating.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: W- what are some creative ways that you've seen Surge missionaries combating the burnout, the exhaustion, Mm -hmm. the stress that they encounter?
0: Mm -hmm. I would say a lot of our teams, they they work hard together, but they also play hard together. And so we have teams that have traditions like Friday pizza night, and they have like a huge wood-burning pizza oven on their compound, and they celebrate every week, you know. We have teams that really put an emphasis on feasting together, on having crazy birthday parties for one another. Um so so team community definitely. But then another thing that we actually require of all of our workers is that they take regular retreat days. So days to just go and be with Jesus. <laughs> and that actually counts as their work time and we ask them to do it every other month, a it's, whole it's day. It's built away.
1: into their job description.
0: It's built into every surge worker's job description. Um they're not all great at doing it, but we try to remind them all the time that they need to do this. Um, so regular rhythms of retreat and rest and Sabbath. Um, and the way we try to talk about self-care and boundaries at Surge is that it's actually a way to have a correct orientation to who we are and to who God is. That, yes, the kingdom's coming. Yes, we get to play this amazing role in the kingdom coming but the work is actually finished, right? Mm-hmm. And we are fully loved and righteous because of Jesus. And so we're free to abide with him, right? And to and to rest with him and to to actually be the child whose father is doing the work and we get to come alongside and and walk with him in that, but we're not responsible for the outcome. And so I hope that that kind of gospel orientation helps our workers continually feel freedom to pursue those rhythms of rest and self-care
1: yeah those are things we all need um, especially when we're doing this work
0: yeah. and the, the one other thing I would say is connections really important so we encourage all of our workers you know all of our workers raise all their support they write prayer letters so they have people praying for them um, but we we tell all all of our workers to try to have a small group of people that they can really share the hard stuff with, that are safe people. And our workers who have those people, um, it's a huge help to them. And so having a place where they can just be real and they don't have to be, you know, the missionary, (laughs) uh, and and they can just be real about, about what they're struggling with.
1: Yeah, that's gotta make a big difference if someone can just say, hey, this is really where I'm at. And they can speak, and knowing it's going to be a safe person that they can share. It's not going to be; they're not going to get a lecture. They're not going to exactly. be told, "Oh, you really need to just man up or pull up your bootstraps." But that no, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that's that's got to be so key for your candidate for your missionaries that to have that.
0: Absolutely, and and it's something I need as a counselor right. too. You know, <laughs> we all need that. Yeah. So yeah.
1: That's what supervision's about, and our colleagues, right? Yeah. Um, I'm curious about when Surge sends a missionary onto the field. Uh, it, it, and maybe maybe you can answer this for yourself. Is there one thing in particular or a couple of things that you really are concerned about? You're like, man, I hope this doesn't happen or that that worry you or maybe keep you up at night a little bit sometimes when, when people are, are just making that transition to deploying onto the field.
0: Mm-hmm. So do you mean like, things that are hard right in the beginning
1: yes could be hard in the beginning or it could pop up maybe even a few months in mm-hmm. to their time mm-hmm. or either either or
0: yeah that's a great that's a great question I mean one one thing I do worry about and I addressed this a little earlier but it's worth mentioning again is I worry less that our workers are going to struggle with particular things and more that they're g- going to isolate and not feel freedom to let us know, let their team leaders know that they're having a hard time. Yeah. Um, and so I think that isolation is one thing I worry about for them. Um, I think the other is that, and we have workers who go to hard places and have a robust theology of suffering, which, which I stand behind 100%. But there can be a tendency um, for all of us who are in ministry to kind of just grit our teeth and bear it for the sake of ministry, <laughs> and we forget to care for ourselves. Yeah. And so that's another mentality that I, I worry about um, for people.
1: What do, you, what do you say when you encounter that? Because these are people who are giving up their homes, they're leaving their family, they're leaving their country mm-hmm. to, to serve God, to give it all up for him when you encounter that level of passion and it's coupled with a lack of Mm self-care do you have some some talking points or some things that you try to orient them to to kind of bring a little bit of balance to it?
0: Yeah, I mean the one thing we talk about is we talk about longevity a lot. Mm. And what would it look like for this work to actually be sustainable for your family, yeah. right? And not to burn out in the first year. Mm. Um, we want you to have a long, healthy career in missions, right? Um, but then also reminding them of some of those gospel truths, right? <laughs> of you, Your reputation is not in what your ministry produces. Mm-hmm. Your reputation is actually held secure in the throne room of heaven and is unshakable. And so we are telling you to rest, right? And sometimes our job is to actually be the heavy hand and say, we're requiring you to take a vacation with your family, you know. And when you require it, those really hard workers, they'll do what you require. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah. That's great.
1: Uh, search does not have a one-size-fits-all approach there are different kinds of missions opportunities that uh, people can have you mentioned the internship experience that you had and it'd be great if you could just share a little bit more about the different opportunities with internship and I believe short-term and long-term mm-hmm. missions are other options um, could you just talk a little bit about some of the the, the options that missionary candidates um, have available to them when they think about maybe applying to become a missionary? Yeah,
0: that's a great question. I mean, the, one thing I'll say is, one thing that's maybe different about SURGE than some other organizations is we don't have a particular geographical focus or a particular kind of work that we're focused on. Those things are actually very broad for us, so we we do a lot of different things in a lot of different regions of the world. the The common kind of heartbeat of our work is this idea that we we believe the gospel is the power in our lives, and it's and it's what we give away, and so that fuels our ministry, um, even ministry from weakness, especially ministry from weakness. So if you are if you're listening and you are interested in missions, you know with surge you you're not limited by a certain type of work that we do or a certain place. But I will say, you know, we have everything from like short term team opportunities, which should be one to two weeks, um, getting to kind of go and see a work on the field and and be with a surge team we have that all the way up to long-term missions which is a five-year term we ask people to commit in chunks of five years mm-hmm. and in between there, there are summer internships um, and then there's also apprenticeships which is like a two-year assignment where you actually get mentored on the field and you go through cross-cultural training on the field and all kinds of equipping and the the, the idea is that that 2-year program is really meant to be a stepping stone into potentially a long-term career in missions but to really equip you with a solid foundation.
1: Mm-hmm. Surge not only sends for sends out missionaries and cares for missionaries but they also train and mentor ministry leaders mm-hmm. and have developed resources for a gospel renewal, and you, you've touched here and the, here and there a little bit, but I, I want to give you a full platform to just tell us a little bit more about those resources.
0: Yeah, that's great. The reason why there's a renewal arm at Surge is because we needed it ourselves, mm-hmm. you know. And when we began to send out missionaries in the '80s, Jack Miller realized, you know, you can't you can't be taking the gospel to other people unless you're, you're fueling on it for yourself, and so. Um, the sonship curriculum is people may have heard of that, but that was really designed for our own workers to go through to remind them of who Jesus is and that they are love, sons and daughters. And so but what grew out of that is we God actually gave us a ministry over the years of coming alongside ministry leaders all over the world. Um so so yes, we work with Surge missionaries, but we also work with a lot of U.S. and global pastors and ministry leaders of other organizations. And so um, we have a team of mentors that will take you through the Sonship curriculum and then do ongoing one-to-one life-on-life mentoring with you. So that's one option.
1: And anyone could do that? Anyone
0: can do that. It is designed um, especially for ministry leaders just because ideally we would love um, you to have that kind of gospel mentoring relationship in your own church context, but leaders often don't have that place, um, which I know you guys know at Serving Leaders. <laughs> um, so it's meant to provide a safe space for leaders to really wrestle with, what does the gospel mean for my life, my, my marriage, my work, you know, all of that. Um, we also do training, so we'll come alongside uh, pastors, church staffs, others, and do some training in how to do discipleship from a grace-based perspective. Um, so that's another piece. And then, and then we also do curriculum. That, that's the, the final thing. And so we have small group curriculums. Gospel-centered life is, is one that's more well-known. Um, but we're coming out with more every year on different books of the Bible and how to kind of read those through a, a gospel-centered
1: lens the gospel I'm glad you shared about the gospel center life because I was going to say something if you didn't that remains my favorite small group bible study curriculum that we've ever done and and that was before I even knew about surge and started working with you guys um, and it, it was just it really was impactful uh, yeah. for us and that was you know six seven years ago that we did that
0: that's awesome so. I mean it really is true we don't we don't ever graduate from the gospel right it's I think Tim Keller says it's not the ABCs of the Christian life, it's the A to Z, right? Mm, and right. That, is, that is, that's the content we need. Yeah, So
1: it is. Lindsay, if people are curious to explore Surge's resources such as Sonship or investigate overseas opportunities, where is the best place for them to go?
0: Yeah, thanks for asking. For all of those things, you can go to surge.org. And there's actually, right now, there's a lot of, really interesting stories from the field about this past year so i'd encourage you to go on and read some of those but you can find out about going giving sending renewal resources on there and then we also have an instagram handle and that is grace at the fray
1: how appropriate (laughs) right Lindsay, thank you so much for your time
0: thanks so much for having me
1: Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us for our next episode at Serving Leaders Ministries podcast. If
0: you like this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe and rate it five stars. For additional resources or to find out more about our counseling services, you can go to www.servingleaders.org.